The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. All right, open your Bibles to the book of Amos today. The book of Amos, yesterday was Genesis, a little easier to find, and some of you spent the chapel trying to find Genesis, and today maybe Amos, maybe you can find it by lunchtime. All right, that would be nice. But uh, the book of Amos, open your Bible to there. Thank you once again for listening. And it's always a privilege for April and I to be back on the campus. And we enjoyed our time here and look forward to going home early tomorrow morning. But uh, thank you once again for all the hospitality that's been shown to us while we were here. And uh, from the staff, faculty, and Dr. Shoemaker. So it's a privilege to be with you. And look forward to a great year. Keep praying for you and see what God has for you. All right, the book of Amos. I hope you're there. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 1, Amos chapter number 3. Look what the Word of God has to say. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities." Verse number three, would you read it out loud with me, all of us together? Verse three, here we go. Two walk together, except they be agreed. All right, there's a lot of us in here, so let's read it one more time, a little stronger. All right, it'll help you. Here we go, out loud. Can two walk together, except they be agreed? Agreement with God. Amos is an interesting character in the scriptures. If you know much about him, he was a shepherd, and then God called him to be one of his prophets. He was from a place called Tekoa, T-E-K-O-A, about 12 miles southeast of Jerusalem is where Tekoa was located at. He was from the southern kingdom, but God called him to prophesy as a general rule to the northern kingdom. Jeroboam II was on the throne at that time. He was at the height of his strength. He was at the height of his power for his reign. And some of the prophecies that Amos gave, I dare say, the northern kingdom said, there's no way that's going to happen to us. We're not going to fall to the Assyrians. There's no way. We're strong right now. But 50 years later, they were in captivity. God understands what he's saying. God knew it. God laid it out there and said, this is true. And so really what is happening here is he's trying to present that case to them. You can't, when he says, you can't keep ignoring God. You can't keep going down a path that's contrary to what God wants and just think all of a sudden, I You know, I can just go this path and and wherever it lands, it lands. It's, you know, maybe in all the people of the earth, God will be paying attention to someone else and I'll just slide right through and it, it won't affect me. And God says to Israel, no, that's not how I operate. It's not the way I am. Matter of fact, This spiritual degradation that they had been under had now come to a head and God was ready to deal with it. And Amos was given the, I wouldn't say honor, but had the responsibility of delivering the message. 
I've often thought about the minor prophets. We call them minor because their books are short or the major prophets because their books are longer. Uh, I've often wondered about them and how that must have been in order for you to have to always give that message, you know, give out, hey, you know, we've got to get things right. We've got to do what God tells us to do because if not, man, we are going to fall under destruction from these other countries and they had to give this message over and over and over again. I actually marvel when I think of those men and how God used them. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. You understand about that. And the weeping prophet because of his lamentations of, for his own people. Ezekiel, when he was giving some of his messages out to the people, remember there was a time where God said, Ezekiel, today I'm going to take the desire of your eyes away from you. And by the way, the desire of his eyes was his wife. Today I'm going to take her from you, but I still have a message for you to give. And he says that day his wife died and he had to go deliver the message uh, to uh, God's people once again about their sin. Over and over they had to do this. And I can't get on all those today, but notice in verse number one, he says, hear this word. Now the word that Amos is going to give, stay with me, going to teach you a little something and then we're going to go look at it and how it affects us. Hear this word, he's talking to all of Israel because he says, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt. This what I'm giving you, he says, I am giving out to everybody this way. Here's what he's saying in verse number two. Here's the message. You have to understand it, all right? He says, just because you're my people doesn't mean that I'm going to ignore what you've done. You find all through the Old Testament, Israel would feel that way. They would say, hey, you know what? We're God's people. I mean, nobody's going to hurt us. I mean, we're, God won't do anything to us because we're chosen. We are God's people that way. He says, wait a minute, you're my people, but that doesn't mean I overlook your sin. That doesn't mean I overlook your decisions. You don't get a free pass. And so he lays it out for them. In verse two, look at it. You only have I known. Talking about that special relationship he has with Israel. Therefore, he says, I will punish you for all your iniquities. He's saying to them, to much who is given, much is required. That's a principle all through the word of God, isn't it? I have given you privilege. I have given you things, special things. I've given this to you. So therefore, that means there is something required of you. And it's, uh, you know, I know this is an Old Testament passage here. And let me say this before we go any further. I know we're not Israel. I know that. I know the church is not Israel. I understand that 100%. I am with that. But I do believe when we come into some of these Old Testament passages, God is painting a portrait for us and saying, I'm, I'm giving you warning also, God says. I, I'm warning you also, and I want you to learn from this. And I look out across what we have today, and let me say this, God has been very good to believers. God has been very good to believers in our nation. God has been so gracious to us. God is blessed. I praise God for his blessing. I, I praise him for his goodness. I say thanks be to God. Don't you? Yes, thanks be to God. He has been good. But on top of that also, God says, I have things for you to do. 
There's a way I want to operate with you. And so God always operates in a way that he warns us in advance of how he's going to do this. So what I want to do in the time we have today, I want to take a few moments and just stay, if I might, into this third verse. It's probably familiar to many of you. You've heard it before. You may not have understood it completely in its context or used it that way. But basically, here's what God is saying. Israel, what you're doing, the way you're acting, the things you're doing, you have walked down a path that God says, I cannot go down. I cannot walk there. You are going away and during a direction that I will not go down. Sometimes in our lives, we want to go a direction and we say, now God, come along with me. Now I understand the presence of God is there with us. If you're saved, the indwelling Holy Spirit is there. But listen, there is no doubt that there are pathways that God says, I'm not going down there. I don't want you to go down there. You're walking different than the way I want to go and it just won't work. And God says, here's why, because we are not agreed. That is so true. My wife and I are walkers. I have the uh, All Trails app on my phone. I enjoy wherever we're at. I just punch it in and say, what trails are need us? Need us that we, can, that we can go see some things and walk and get some exercise. We do it at home a number of days a week. We go out and just do that and, and enjoy that. And a matter of fact, yesterday we did that also. Went up to Camp of the Pines and walked a bunch of those trails. Didn't run them past that stage of life. But walked them, had a great time, did it again yesterday, probably do it again today. We enjoy doing that. And uh, it is a blessing to us. And we, we, we have fun doing it. And, uh, and it's good. And we've done it all over the country, any place that we're at. All right? We enjoy that. Nothing wrong with that. Good thing to do. You know, some of you, you get up in the morning and you walk all over this campus. Good exercise. All right? Get your steps in. All those good things. But I'm talking about that spiritual walk today. That walk is so critical. There's three words I'm going to pull out of verse number three. We're going to stick with those and we'll be finished because these are the principles that God lays out for you and God lays out for me. The first one is the principle of conformity. Conformity. That's that first word that I want to show you where he says in verse three, look at it once again, can two walk? Can two walk? Walk deals with conformity. All right. All growing up, I grew up in, uh, you know, in, in church. I grew up, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I still do that. I still believe in that. And, uh, and I, I, I love doing that. I, I love being with God's people. But even growing up, you would always hear the thing about walk with God. I remember just as a little boy hearing that from preachers. Walk with God, walk with God, walk with God. You've heard it before. You've heard it from this pulpit. You've heard it from the church you're from. If you're at a good Bible preaching church, walk with God, walk with God. We all hear that. And I remember hearing it just like you do. I remember hearing the stories of Enoch. Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. For 365 years, he had a continual walk with God. Noah walked with God. Noah walked with God in a perverse generation, a generation where the only one that survived was he and his own family. So walk, we understand that. Walk with God, you've heard it a million times. I've heard it, I've preached it. Walk with God. God is dealing with that here. 
God is saying, here's what you have to do. Watch, in order for you to walk with me, you've got to change your thinking. You have to conform to who I am. You can't conform to the world. And doesn't Romans teach us that? Be not conformed to the world, but be it transformed by the renewing of your mind. So God is saying, if you're going to walk with me, Walk is a continual thing. Walk is a regular thing. We all understand that. Once you learn to walk, man, you're gone. You are, when you're just a little kid and away you go, when a kid learns to walk, I mean, days have changed for parents when a kid knows how to walk. But what happens is this, we understand it because it's so daily, it's so what we do, we don't even think about it. But God is saying, if you're going to walk with me, you have to conform to the way that I am doing it. You have to do it my way, that way. You have to conform to Christ, to his way of doing it. God's not going to come and adjust himself to you. You and I have to adjust ourselves to God. Please understand that. I told our church folks this one time. Brother Atkins will understand this. God has never one time in my life ever asked my opinion about anything. Not one time. Not one time I've ever had a revelation from heaven and God said, Mark, what do you think we should do about this? I mean, that would scare me to no end, but God's never going to do that. He's never caught by surprise. He understands everything. What does he rather want? Rather, he wants me to walk with him. I have to conform to him. I have to change things for that walk. He's not going to change for me. He is an unchanging God. And if you are going to walk with God, If you're going to do that, I'm just telling you, you're going to have to change some things. And if you say, well, I don't really want to change anything, then according to this, you can't walk with him. See, he's not changing a path. When April and I walk, I choose two things with paths. One, especially in Florida, shaded. Two, flat. I like shaded and flat. I can go a lot longer. You say, well, of course, who can't? Don't care, that's what I like, all right? I look for the shade and I look for the flat, you know? The other day we were walking out of Camp of the Pines, we started going down, down, or this one trail and I started going down. I said, you know what this means? Whenever we go down, you gotta come back up somewhere. And I started thinking about where we're gonna have to go back up. I have learned in life that God puts us on paths that sometimes are rough, sometimes can be difficult, but God says, do this, conform to me. Walk, conformity. Word number two, you still with me? Look at the second word. Can two walk and then together? Together. That's unity. That's exactly what he's referring to there. You walk as a unit. You walk in perfect unity. It is something that is done daily. It is something that is so special. I I can't help but come to this and think of Abraham in the Old Testament, how he walked with God and how they did that day in and day out and like Enoch doing the same thing. But this has to deal with unity. You have to do it 
together. You have to do it uh, as you and God working together on that. You have submitted to him. You have given things over to him and that's the way you are doing it. Your, your walk is perpetual. Your walk is progressive in action. You are continually doing it. You are together. Perfect timing. Exactly where you're supposed to be. On the exact timing he has. On the exact place where you're supposed to be. I think I better stay right here. What do you think? All right, we'll stay right here. But here's what he is talking about. This is exactly what the walk is all about. You and I, we walk with God. There is to be that unity. When God says this, when you finish out of college and God says, all right, here's my direction for you. You know what you're supposed to do? You go that direction. You follow the will of God. You don't look at anything else but say, this is what God's will is. This is what he has for me. And you go that direction. And I'm telling you, it is an absolutely beautiful thing to walk with God in unity. I don't have to question. I don't have to worry. I am on uh, his side seeing what he has for me. And that unity is so wonderful. I hope we'll grab that. Walk together with me, he says. And let me tell you this right now. Listen, his way is always the right way. Years ago, my family and I were on a missions trip. I was preaching in Poland. And this was... Many, many years ago when you couldn't really use GPS on your phone outside the United States and all those things. So we had downloaded uh, and GPS and took with us, had supposedly maps of Poland on it and all those things. So we punched in this one place we were, we were to be and we we're following this GPS and it was telling me where to go and what to do. And uh, finally it said to turn here. Now I, I have a real good sense of direction. I mean, I just do. I have a good sense of direction. Pretty much know where I'm at. I can figure it out, at least north, south, east, west, those kinds of things. But anyways, this GPS said turn here. And I just said, this doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem right. But we'll do it anyhow because, you know, I, I don't know this place. Never been there before. So we made the turn down this road. And, and then the road started out as paved. And then as we're continuing on, it says keep going down, keep going down this, this road. Then the road got a little more narrow. And now it's not even paved, it's stone. And it kept saying the whole time, you're on the right road, you're on the right road. I said, I don't think it's the right road. But I kept on going. The road got more narrow. Now it's nothing but dirt. Now all I see is farms. I remember going by some, some farm over, over to my left and there was some Polish farmer out in his front lawn looking at me like, you know, why is this car going down this trail? Because now it almost was just a trail. And then you know what it did? It came up to an abrupt stop. No road, no trail, no nothing. And you know what my GPS kept saying? You're on the right road. Keep on going. Well, you can't keep on going. I'm just saying, listen, when I am walking with God, I never can come to a dead end. I find that he just directs, directs. I don't understand everything. I don't even fathom everything, but I promise you this, when you are walking with him together, there is a unity that is so precious and so wonderful, and you can really go through some storms of life if you just listen to him. There's another one, though. Last one I want to give you. Notice he says, can two walk together except they be, watch this, agreed. Agreed. There is, as you've seen, conformity, walk. Together, unity. But the last dimension of this is there must be 
agreeability. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Now watch, you make agreements all the time. Let's just say, for instance, you saw one of your friends today and they said, hey, let's, let's meet for lunch or for dinner, whatever it is. And so what do you do? You say, all right, here's where we'll meet. You know, you, you, you say, we're going to meet the four winds or, or, or you know, say we're going to eat there. And so we'll meet you there. You say for dinner and we'll do that at five o'clock. And you look at that person, you say, what do you think of that? And they said, okay. And what do you do? You come to an agreement. That's what you're going to do. Some of you have a plan that you're going to have for tomorrow. You talk to your friends. You say, what are we going to do? We say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We come and we agree on a time. We agree on a place and what we're going to accomplish with that. All right, listen, sometimes we come in with that kind of a thought process to this word, but there is so much more than that. It's not just you and God getting together. Matter of fact, as I begin to study this passage that much more, this word agree was uh, where we get the word betrothed from in Scripture. Now he says, so what do you mean by that? So what he's saying here, it's almost your agreement is, watch, like a marriage. That there is complete surrender. There is life to life given that way. There is a surrender of life, a surrender of love. There is this time where you have almost as if died to self and given in to everything so that you can operate in unity and agreeability in it. I I must ask you this question. Now, please listen to me today. Just a few minutes left. Please listen. Are you in agreement with God? Think about it. I don't know growing up that that anyone ever even asked me that question. Are you in agreement with God? Some of you may say, well, Pastor Campbell, I got this one down. Matter of fact, I'm about 80%. Yeah, you know what? It's that 20% that just does you in. Well, you know, I, I go up and I go down, you know, I start the year off and I'm pretty good in agreement with him and then things don't go as well and things don't go as planned. And so maybe it falls off just a little bit. Then God would have to say, well, then we can't walk. We're not agreed. You see, what God is teaching us here, there is a total surrender to him to walk with him. Do you ever wonder sometimes, why do we fight God? Do we really, listen, do we really think we're going to win? Who won in scripture that fought against God? Noah stood before him and said, hey, listen, God's going to send a flood. It's coming this way. I'm just telling you. And they laughed at him and they mocked at him. No, he's not. And he did. Nebuchadnezzar walked out and said, look at all that I have built. Isn't this something? And God said, today, you're headed to the field. You see, all through Scripture, I don't care, Old Testament, New Testament, you cannot fight God. You have to be in agreement with God. You say, on everything, on everything. But there's just small things. It's really not a big deal. Oh, oh yes, the small things will do you in because they always grow. 
And God says, if we're going to walk, we have to be in agreement. Honestly, listen, it matters very little if you agree with me. Really doesn't. But it matters a great deal. Do you agree with God? Do you agree with God? What do I have to agree with God about? Let me give you three things and we'll be finished. First of all, the first thing I have to agree with God is about heralding his word. Giving it out. Tonight, I know, is the evangelism conference they have here through the church. I think it's exciting. I think it's wonderful they're doing that. I'm going to tell you what God expects. If we're going to walk with him, he expects us to tell others who he is and what he's done and what he is doing. God wants us to come to an agreement with him over that because every soul on this planet is precious to God. I don't care whether it's the Philippines or China or Russia or Israel or right here in Pensacola, every soul is precious to God. Christ died for every soul that's ever been on this planet. And so God expects us to agree with him that people are precious and need to know the story of the Lord Jesus Christ. He expects us to agree with him. I remember when I first got called to preach, I was 16 years old. Man, I'd preach anywhere someone asked me. They had a ministerial seminar, I think, yesterday. And I, one of the first places they would always ask you, they'll take you every time as a rescue mission. Man, they'll take you anytime. No one else will go. So they'll take you. And so I signed up one Saturday, one Saturday evening, every month. And I'd go down there every month and I would preach and uh, I, I didn't really know everything. I didn't understand everything. All I knew is those guys had to be there if they wanted to eat afterwards. So I had a captive audience. And so I would, I would lead in a song or two, didn't really know what I was doing there. And then I would uh, preach. But oh, I tell you this, I will never forget. I think I've been there like two or three times and I know you're supposed to give an invitation. So I gave an invitation. And, uh, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, you just didn't really know what would happen. But all of a sudden, there was a guy that came, and there was about 30 men in there. And one came from the back and walked down front, and I didn't know what to do. So I walked around to him, and I said, what do you want? I remember just saying it to him, because I thought, why is this guy coming down here? He said, well, you said if we want to get saved to come down here. I said, oh, of course, that's what I meant. That's not really what I meant, but anyways. And then I thought, now what am I going to do? I got no one here to help me. So I turned to the men that were there and I said, all right, you guys just sit there and I'm gonna talk with him. So they just sat there, the whole place was quiet. I sat in the front row and led, his name was Ernest, never forget, 39 years old, and led him to Christ. And I remember then the service was over. The only reason I'm saying this then, that got something in me that said, that God just happened to say, listen, I just want you to love what I love. I want you to agree with what I agree with. And if you will just lift up my son, I'll draw people to me. Amen. Heralding. I think also we need to agree with him about humility. Man, our, our ego gets in the way a lot. We stumble over it. So God says, agree with me on this. What does he want us to agree with? He wants us to agree this way. All right, you decrease and let me increase in your life. Agree with me on that. It said so well in the book of John, it's true to us also. You just humble yourself before me. Micah 6, 8, walk humbly with thy God. Agree with me about that, God said. 
The last one, God says, agree with me about holiness. God, let's just say it up. We've only got a few minutes left. God just plain hates sin, hates it. Growing up, we could never, ever say the word hate in our house. You could never go to the table and say to my mom, I just hate, you know, broccoli. And I do. You just couldn't say it. I don't care what it was, you couldn't hate. So I remember one time I was mad at something and I, just as a little boy, I said, well, can we hate the devil? And my mom says, oh yes. You can say, I hate the devil. Or can I say, I hate sin? She goes, yes, you can say, I hate sin. So if you could only use the word hate in those directions, it was fun to use growing up. I hate sin, I hate the devil, I hate sin, I hate the devil. There's a lot of things I want to put on that list, but it didn't work, get in trouble. All right, God hates sin. You know why he hates it? Because he knows what it will do to us. He hates it because he loves us. And God says, I want you to agree with me on this. Be holy, he says, for I am holy. So I finish out by just asking you this. Is there anything in your life today Listen, please listen. Is there anything in your life today that God would look at you right now where you're at and say, I don't agree with that. And because of that, we cannot walk together. Now, let me ask you another thing. Are you willing to get rid of it? Are you willing to conform? Are you willing to be in agreement with him? Yes, God, I agree. That is hurting our walk. So God, you will not change. So God, I will change. So we can walk together. When April and I walk together, one of the greatest things I love about it, the number one thing I love about it is who I'm with. It's not that I'm into walking, but I'm into her. I love her. If it means we're together, I'm for it. And I think if we'll agree that our walk with God, the best thing about it is who we're with. And I'm telling you, listen to me, students. He loves you, and he wants to walk with you. But let's get in agreement with him and watch him work. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.